and welcome to the American Patchwork and Quilting Podcast, a podcast aimed at making your quilting life more fun and creative while connecting with quilters just like you. Join the staff of the magazines you love for a great episode filled with tips and tricks. Enjoy! Hello, and welcome to the American Patchwork and Quilting Podcast. I'm your host, Beth Peterson, and I'm so excited to welcome you to the show. Today, we are chatting with Ann Lauer, the face behind the Grizzly Gulch Gallery name. She is an award-winning fiber artist who's been professionally designing and creating quilts, quilt patterns and kits, and quilt fabric for more than 25 years. In 2021, Anne and her husband, Ron, were visiting Uganda to visit the impenetrable rainforest gorilla refuge. In addition to seeing gorillas, they stumbled upon an organization of quilters called Ride for a Woman and their incredible work to lift up women in their community through quilting and basket making. In today's chat, we discuss how she named her pattern company, talk about her fabric collections, and how she has continued to support the women of Buindi, Uganda through the Ride for a Woman organization. Thanks for joining us today, Anne. Why don't you start by giving us a little background on how you got started quilting and maybe what your first quilt was? So in 1980s, I started quilting and because I'd seen my mother quilt and thought, okay, I know how to do that and realized very quickly I didn't have a clue. And so I started taking classes and then I took more classes and then I was absolutely hooked. So in 2000, and you know, I did, I did it simply as a hobby. Uh, 2005, I started my organization, uh, my website, Grizzly Gulch Gallery. It's a quilt design company, a pattern design company. How did your pattern design business get its name? Gulches in our area of Montana are the valleys between the mountains. So there's tons of gulches. And it's not a term you hear almost anywhere else. But if I'm in town and somebody says, where do you live? And I said, up Grizzly Gulch, because that is the name of this gulch between these mountains, then they know exactly where I live. So, um, you know, we just happened to find a home 20 years ago on Grizzly Gulch. Had no clue how lucky we were until sometime later, we were out just tootling around the mountains and saw Dead Man's Gulch. Well, wouldn't have that had a nice ring to it? <laughs> so anyway, so when I say gulch, people will, what? You know, so that is why it's Grizzly Gulch Gallery. We're in Grizzly Gulch. Are there a lot of grizzlies in the area then? Actually not. Yes, black bears. We hike always with bear spray, except when they're hibernating. Um, they are moving closer into our area. Uh, they've not been sighted. Well, actually, I say that. Uh, one actually was sighted earlier this summer. Uh, we've got a field in front of our house, and one was crossing the field as he meandered on. So not hanging out, not anything that we're thinking, oh, my God. But, you know, we don't put our trash out. We don't have dog food outside. Um, everything's kept inside, um, not even an outbuilding so that it's it's secure and doesn't attract bears. We have bird feeders we take in every single night. Um, so it's not a it's not a problem, but it is something you have to be aware of and pay pay a lot of attention. Uh, this time of year, uh, it's hyperphagia time. Bears are putting on food, eating like crazy. So we do hike. We don't hike at dusk and dawn. We wait till there's enough light. And as I said, hike with bear spray, talk so there's noise about and pay very close attention. Great advice. After you started designing patterns, then how did you get your start designing fabric? 
fabric companies started asking me if I would design patterns using their new collections they were going to introduce at the next uh, spring market or fall market. And that was really fun. It was really challenging because it turned out that for some reason, almost all the fabric companies got the fabrics within two weeks of the deadline. And it was always a scramble. And one time we did made seven quilts in seven days. <laughs> so that was completely up at the top. Right. Yeah. So then that kind of morphed into in 2012, I started designing fabric for Pinnertex. Um, it's been a hugely rewarding uh, coordination working with them. They go to endless amounts of time and energy to make sure that the collection is mine. It would be so much easier for them to take my ideas and say, okay, we'll take it from here uh, or add my ideas to what their ideas are. But they make absolutely sure that the collection is mine. So I'm working on my 23rd collection right now. Wow, that is amazing. What is your favorite part of quilting and maybe tell your least favorite? Mm, I, I actually like it all in that I have control over all of it, you know, so um, I, I design the fabric, I design the pattern, and then I actually piece it and then I quilt it. So maybe the last, I mean, the least in exciting is the binding. Uh, but it is fun to have that artistic expression and be able to be in control of all of it. That is really unique that you're able to do it basically from the start to finish. And you can start with your design of your fabric and go all the way to the end. That's so fun. So you are a pattern designer and do you have a favorite pattern that you've made or one that you find you go back to again that you just love making? Walkabouts probably is, is absolutely the top, drop dead most popular pattern. Um, and it's written in four sizes. So it fits beds as walls as well. Uh, and I find that that is uh, gives you lots of opportunity to use all kinds of fabrics. It can be anything from batiks to the big focal prints. Uh, I tend to like focal prints a lot. Um, and I, you know, that one we'll talk about later, but that's how I actually walkabouts also what I taught the African quilters how to make. But in 2017, I started, I'd started out with focal prints um, and then all the, all the fabrics that go with that in a collection to make it specifically for quilts, because I'm a quilter first. And so the fabric really is designed to work with quilts, not that it can't be used in other items. But, um, and then, so it has coordinates and it has multis and it has the values, three different values of colors and all that worked into every collection. And in 2017, I designed Catitude. So that was the first time that actually we added attitude to realistic cat shapes. So in catitude, attitude was uh, paisleys and dots, and it was absolutely fun. And then those were also used as multis. And then catitude was so hot and using the attitude that we ended up with three more catitude collections and then dogs and horses and unicorns and so on. Um, but then I've also go back to florals and some contemporary designs as well. So we've talked a little bit about you're a fabric designer with Benertex and you've released, did you say 23 collections? I am working on my 23rd right now, which oh my shocks God. me. <laughs> yeah, I started in 2012, and I guess the first release was 2013. And generally, we I I uh, designed two a year uh, for a few years there. We did three, but uh, two really fits works better. 
Um, so yeah, the, so the next collection actually that is being that will ship next month, uh, November is Xanadu. So this is the first time that I have had a, a, a floral that's not a specific species. Generally, I keep the realistic uh, shape um, of the whatever the focus fabric is. But in this case, it is a realistic flower, but it's not a specific flower. Um, and we've also gone to the very first time, we've actually used attitude in the petals. So it's a real small geometric attitude geometric design that we've also then taken and put into coordinates with that collection. Um, so it's the, you know, uh, modern basket weave and diamond circles and some of those that are decorations in the petals, but they're also now coordinates for it. And the color, you know, I tend to like jewel tones. Uh, I pull myself away from that sometimes to explore other palettes. And in this case, it is the teals and blues and uh, those colors that I tend to like, but they're much more grayed, which I think is really calming. It adds a mood. Um, there's lots of swirls and, um, kind of some some scrolls in with the flowers and um, I, I find it to be a very soothing collection. So what was your inspiration behind this line then? Um, just working out, you know, uh, a floral and, and experimenting with what it would be like if it weren't a specific flower and how I could use decoration on the leaves. I'd tried that in some others and it didn't work. And with this, it's got, they've got really nice big petals. So that works really well. Um, and then I designed, uh, I think 13 patterns that go with that collection. So it uses the big focal print. It also has a medium print that can be used in smaller blocks and, and borders and sashing. Um, it's got uh, the, the multis and the tonals. Um, and so we have quilts that use the focal print. I mean, patterns that use the focal print. Also, bargellos that really take advantage of all the tonals and the multis. And then even some uh, fat quarter patterns. So they're all on my website at grizzlygulchgallery.com. Um, but yeah, there's just a huge variety to make something for everybody. <laughs> That's great. I think sometimes it's hard to find those patterns that really let you show those big focal prints. Yeah. And that's one of the things I specialize in. But I've got, but we've got, you know, we've got the big print that can be fussy cut to fit nine and 10 inch blocks, but we've also got the smaller flower that'll fit in smaller blocks and in borders and sashing easily. Very good. I love fussy cutting. And you said people will find that in stores. When will they find that? Next month. So it okay. starts shipping November. You're working on another collection. Right. So Luminescent Leaves is actually the fabric collection that's going to be shown at this fall market. So it'll just it'll be introduced then. And it's it's a, a contemporary, more contemporary leaves. Uh, we've actually added a little bit of attitude to those. And it's a real small geometric, but it works in nicely with the shading. So it gives it some unusual spin to the leaves. Uh, and for the first time, this collection is uh, first time for me, this collection is in two complete uh, colorway. So we have a sunset colorway that's reds and golds and deep greens. Uh, and then we have a indigo colorway that adds the purples and blues with touches of greens and uh, golds in that. So it's really, and the patterns uh, are written, each pattern, there's seven or eight different patterns. And each one, I have a, a version of the pattern that is uh, in the sunset colorway and one in the indigo colorway. 
So if a shop buys just the one colorway and maybe picks and chooses some other few, you know, blue or green to go in with it or whatever, um, they can have patterns that'll fit all those uh, colorings. Uh, all those patterns will fit in whichever collection coloring that they want. So I'm excited about that for something different. Oh, that sounds so fun. Um, you mentioned that you do the quilting. So do you quilt on your long arm or do you quilt on a domestic machine? Nope. I quilt on a gamel that's 20 years old at least. And, uh, but so I don't have the computer part. I do it all hand guided. Uh, but I, I do enjoy that aspect of it. Um, it's, it's kind of soothing and, um, I get to let you give a chance to think of other things as you're exploring how to show off the, uh, collection the best in the pattern. Do you have a go-to quilting design that you love to use? Feathers. <laughs> I have to be careful to try to vary it and not just stay in my sand. I love flowing feathers. And um, I took lots of classes early on so I could really develop that. And so there's all different kinds of feathers, but I tend to go to feathers as a fill uh, or in borders and things like that. And I, I really enjoy the way that looks. Feathers are gorgeous. Of course, that is a really difficult one to to master though. So congrats to you on that. That's amazing. Do you have a favorite thread color then that you like to use? I use black a lot, um, at least, you know, in the fabric. Well, of course, what I also like to make on my own, which I don't have a lot of time to do that. But in my color, in my uh, collections, you know, there's a lot of times there's a black background and often there's a white background. So I do use white as well. But if I'm using jewel tones and you're using an image that has black in it, that a lot of times that black will work even on the jewel tones so that I don't have to change uh, thread continuously, which I don't think is a good for good thing for a quilt, but um, black seems to be the go-to. Wow, I'm, I'm always surprised when I hear what color people's favorite is because you always think, oh, it's probably just white or gray. <laughs> so black, that's really bold. <laughs> that's awesome. It is bold, so are the colors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you kind of have to match the feeling of the top a little bit that way. Time for a quick break, and when we come back, we'll chat with Anne about the fabulous organization that is making a difference for women and children in Africa. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I understand you just got back from a five-week trip to Madagascar and Africa, and part of that time you were working with the organization Ride for a Woman. Can you tell us a little bit about that organization and their mission? Yes, we we were in Uganda, Buwinda, Uganda in 2021 to trek to see gorillas. That's the only reason anybody goes there, because the Gorilla Institute or the Gorilla Research center and the refuge is right there, very close to Ride for a Woman, actually. And so the only reason tourists go to Bawindi, it is drop jaw poverty in that little village. No, almost no electricity, absolutely no running water. Uh, it's just the poverty staggering. So the people go there to trek to see gorillas, as we were. And the first afternoon, our guide took us to Ride for a Woman. 
I had no idea what they did. The guy did it because hopefully if you hear the spiel, you see the items, you'll buy things, and that's how they sustain themselves. And so I thought we were trekking to see gorillas. I didn't have any idea I was going to see quilters. <laughs> so the organization helped support 300 women in horrible situations. I mean, many times... There are multiple wives and the men aren't there to help any of them. Uh, they have lots of physical abuse. Often they're homeless with tons of children. Uh, it's staggering. So this organization works very hard to help women. They started out by renting bicycles for, to tourists. And that's how the, the name Ride for a Woman came about. And then they started weaving baskets in order to have something to sell and then started doing some basic sewing. And then, I don't know, somewhere around 2014, I think, an Australian tourist taught them how to make basic quilts. So when we were there, um, when you first walk in, they sit you down and they tell you about the organization and all it does to support, actually, I, we've learned since then, the community, not just these 300 women. And then they show the items for sale. So when she showed some basic quilts, I just said offhandedly, oh, wow, these are cool. I designed quilt fabric and quilt patterns. Not having any clue she would even know nor care what that meant. And Evelyn immediately said, oh, let's talk. Come over here. And so she said, I want some ideas and color and design. And so we chatted for a little bit and then our group had to leave. And so she said, would you come back tomorrow after your gorilla track? And so I did. And they just dropped us off on the way back. Instead of taking us to the center, they just dropped my husband and I off there. And I decided overnight that I would try to teach them how to make a triangle block because all of theirs were squares and rectangles. And if I taught them how to make a half square triangle, then they know they could put together my walkabout design and they could see what design is instead of just blocks and squares. And, oh my God, it was so exciting, but it was so, okay, the sewing machine needles were so dull, it gathered the fabric. The rulers were all broken. The mats were cut all the way through. The scissors and the rotary cut blades were dull, but man, they were determined. And after that first three hours, and they, they were so excited because they'd never thought about light and dark and how you can do that to make a design. They just put their pretty African fabrics together. So suddenly they're turning these half square triangles around and suddenly see this, you know, angled chevron and say, oh, my God, they're just like, wow, look at this, you know. So they had um, a lot of blocks done by the time I left that afternoon. And then the next day we went back. It was our last day. And they are they were finishing up the walkabout quilt and they did quilt as you go on everything and had actually started another one. So um, when we got back to the United States, I'd made a list while I was there because the supplies were such bad shape. And I just said to Evelyn, I don't know if I can get any of this, but if I do, is this what you need? And I mean, we're talking absolute basics. So I called, uh, I emailed Brewer Sewing and Quilting and said, were you able to donate these items? Well, the thing I didn't mention is that there is almost no electricity in this facility. So they are using treadle sewing machines for everything. And get this, charcoal irons. I'd never seen a charcoal iron. And that's it's exactly, I mean, that's all they use is a charcoal iron. I saw it sitting on a quilt top for so long one time, I thought, oh my God, that's going to scorch. And when I went over to check, nope, those irons don't get that hot. <laughs> they don't scorch. People, Women can get up and walk away and come back and it's still sitting on the quilt. So anyway, I gave Brewer this list. Um, and it was, it was a lot. 
and said, would you be able to donate? And the next morning I had an email, absolutely, we'll donate all of it. it and I, so when we got those supplies, I added 55 pairs of reading glasses because not one woman had a pair of glasses. Uh, and we were able to get that to them. Um, it's been particularly, it's been just amazing coordination between us. Uh, because of WhatsApp, we're able to talk frequently. So we have a real good rapport with Evelyn. And in December, um, early in the month, uh, when we called it just chat, Evelyn said, well, they were having a really, really bad week because they had used all the funds from 2020, because there was no tourism, 2021, there was almost none. And they had no money. So she had to tell the women, I can't pay you through the end of the year. And of course, they're absolutely devastated. So uh, we hung up and Ron and I immediately wired some funds. And then we set up the GoFundMe account and very quickly had enough money that she was able to pay the women through the end of the year and also give them a little Christmas gift of, I mean, how basic, a little maize flour, a little rice, cooking oil, a few fresh onions, tiny bit of meat, salt, sugar, and soap. And the women were over the top. They, she sent a picture of them doing this dance of celebration with the bongo drums and how thrilled they were. And, you know, I just thought I've never been uh, so involved in an organization where so little makes such a monstrous difference and how thrilled the people are and appreciative, just incredible. Uh, so this time when we went back, um, I had, you know, last time I'd had like four hours with them. And this time we had three five hour afternoons and two full days. So I started out with, I mean, for one thing, like the, the, the uh, acrylic squares that we'd sent, they hadn't even taken the wrapper off of them because they didn't know how to use them. So I taught them how to straighten fabric, how to use a square. The rulers they had used as a straight edge, but they had never paid any attention to the numbers on the ruler to cut. You know, they don't have to. When you're cutting big pieces, you don't need half and quarter inch pieces. But they would count, count the numbers on the mat. One, two, three, four, five. Cut. One, two, you know. Well, that works, but it's not accurate. So the whole idea of squaring up a block, uh, all of this was just, they were fascinated and super excited about it. And by the time I left, they had, we had four women, four teams of two women each, and they had made nine quilts. So it was just like, wow, are they excited? And all in a technique they'd never, ever done before. So that was just tr tremendously rewarding. And I came home uh, more committed than ever to try to help the organization. Um, in addition to helping these 300 women, uh, Evelyn has set up a water purification system so the women can walk a much shorter distance to get fresh, clean water, and they carry it on their heads back to their families. She has set up a school program that, for some reason, the schools all require uniforms, and the parents don't have money for uniforms, so Ride for a Woman is sewing school uniforms. They have a goat program, so a goat costs $80, and when Evelyn gives that go to a family as soon as they have kids usually twins at six months they have to give a goat back to her to be used again and then the goats theirs and any other kids they have which is a huge help to a family and then solar panels oh my god a solar panel is like 100 and 
75 to $200 with the wiring and the battery. Think about these mud homes, little bitty windows. There's no light in there during the day for kids to read, much less at night. So if she gives a home a solar panel, the rule is they have to invite the children in five neighboring homes to also come and use that light at night. And the added benefit is now the kids are helping each other. So um, it's just a tremendously, they actually will have pictures on the website. Um, we actually went to one of the homes uh, where she has the solar panel and she has five children and, and she has stacks of plastic chairs in the corners so that she can invite these other kids in and everybody can have a seat. So it's just, it's a tremendous, um, tremendous thing that she's doing for the community and, and then trying to raise money for sponsoring kids so they can go to school. So it's just been uh, tremendously satisfactory. Sounds like they're doing amazing work. And I know when you shared the pictures with me, I was really struck by the lack of electricity. It's something that we take for granted. And I had never seen a charcoal iron either. So it had like a little, basically it's an iron kind of shaped dish, right? That they put charcoal, hot, hot coals in. Yeah. And then they're using that to press. Yeah. And they go out periodically. It's an open air facility. Um, And so there's a a railing and they they lay their fantastic fabrics over the railing. So when you're trying to figure out what to use next, you can go out and take it off the railing or there's also some in a back room. But there's an opening there. I mean, there's no I mean, there's no heat. There's no air conditioning. There's almost no light. Um, but they walk out through into the grass around the corner where they have charcoal going and dump out the old stuff and add new charcoal and come back in for the irons. It's just amazing. And, and what teeny little light they have, I mean, because it's, it's deep in a facility that just the daylight, particularly in the rainy season, when you have these huge downpours, they, they pull plastic across the openings. But, you know, the light just goes off. And they don't even have it on very often. But when it gets really dark outside, they'll turn the light on and you have these little lights up high and we're cutting and suddenly the light goes off. They don't even bat an eye. This is the way they live. And I'm thinking, holy crap, I can't even see. I can't see where to cut, you know. But, yeah, it's just amazing what they what they are accomplishing and their attitudes and hard how hard they work. I, I feel like that was just fate for you to go on that gorilla um, excursion and find these women. I know. That's what I think. I was just astonished, you know, and Evelyn, as we went on, so after having just four hours and they were working on this quilt, as we went on, we were on into Kenya and then into Tanzania and Evelyn is texting pictures about what they're doing, you know? So it was because of her follow-up when I left there, I never thought I would ever see them again. Um, I said, I'd try to get some supplies, but I thought that would be the end of it. But because she was sending pictures, here's what we're doing with what you showed us. Here's this and this and this, you know, that that got the got our relationship um, really well established. And then the fact that then we could talk. And, you know, when she said that that they get people there a lot who are excited about them. But tourists, typically you get excited when you're there and you see it and then you go home. And you're back to normal. And so very seldom does she actually develop a relationship with somebody. But because we had that start of that walkabout quilt pattern, um, that really uh, cemented it. And with her follow-up as well, 
and how uh, she never asked for anything. She's super upbeat all the time. Uh, but we talk often enough that we really understand what's going on. And then the fact that we found out when they were in such dire financial situations, and, and they have been again, um, the tourism is um, spotty at best because they rely on that and private donations. But if the gorillas are a long way away from the center and the people are having to trek a few hours to see them and then back, by the time they get back, they're tired. Uh, they don't want to go ride for a woman. Just take me back where I can have dinner, you know. And in the rainy season, there's almost no tourism. So um, we're we're really happy to stay in close enough contact that we can help through the GoFundMe and make sure that the organization is good. And they'd added a new building since we were there, um, concrete building, uh, so that the weavers could move over there. And then the sewing people had more space and Natural Habitat Adventures uh, was our tour company. They donated even more treadle machines than they had before. And the women really have a wonderful place. You know, they lay their quilts out on the grass on top of tarps. But in the rainy season, holy moly, suddenly there's this monster, you know, downpour. So they're all scurrying inside, laying everything out on the concrete. And, you know, it takes a lot of space. So it's really fun to see how well they developed. How many women do they have that uh, now sew? Oh, good question. So it was up to like between the basket weavers and the quilters, there's about 60 people working and getting paid. And that is a huge thing for them to have an income. Uh, basket weavers have to trade off. I think there's a lot of them. So maybe they only work once a week or something. Uh, it seemed like the quilt, the sewing people were working more days, um, but maybe it was only because I was there. So um, I think they do they do not necessarily it's every day, but I think they do work uh, quite a few days. Uh, and you know they're also making clothes. I mean, fancy uh, you know dresses and and the, the uniforms had contrast collars and cuffs, and the boys' shorts had you know elastic back and pockets and zipper and belt loops. I mean, this isn't just a pair of pull on shorts. These were you know a lot of effort into that. So. Uh, I think when we were there two years ago, maybe there was like 35 people working thereabouts, 35 to 40. And so they've been able to pay a lot more people. Plus, they have their own cook and a, another building on the facility. So the women can walk over there and they get a free nutritious hot lunch, which is a big deal. Well, I love that. And it sounds like an amazing organization. We'll put some of your awesome photos on our podcast page and also we'll link to the GoFundMe. So if you feel so inclined that you would love to help these women, that you could do that and that would go to support their mission and help them get supplies and other things they need to continue making these beautiful quilts. Absolutely. So I might also add that on my website, uh, grizzlygulchgallery.com, on the top menu bar, there is a section called African Quilters. So it mostly right now has lots of pictures and information from when we are there in 2021. But as soon as we're able to get all the pictures off of from our recent trip, we will update that with some more photos. So there's just lots of photos there that I think are really compelling. Because you just got back what, like a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, less, maybe 10 days. <laughs> so <laughs> long enough to have a cold. <laughs> and then, yeah, it's hard. It's, now you almost pinch yourself like, oh, really? Were we really doing that? Such a 
I was teaching quilting <laughs> in, in Africa that short a time ago. But uh, yeah. Well, thank you for sharing about that wonderful organization. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be back for more with Anne. We're back and we have some fun rapid fire questions. So what is your favorite or most used notion? I don't use a big variety of notions, but I guess the one I like the most is the half rectangle. I love the way it makes very interesting borders. Also, you can use it in the sashing. And if you cut those shapes and put them around a square block, it gives the illusion that it's round. So I think it's for a simple tool. Uh, I think it has such a, so many different uses. It doesn't just make one thing. You can use it in lots of different ways. And I, I use it in quite a few patterns. Is that a ruler? Yeah, it's a triangle shape. And it's okay. got a, a flat top uh, that takes into account the quarter inch seam allowance. And it's also got a notch on the side so that it's easy to, and, it, and with the ruler comes in the instructions. And then I, if I use it in a pattern, I have a diagram that shows it. But it's the notch also lets you line it up. So it's able to sew across it and get it in the right place to give you the quarter inch seam, which is quite handy. Oh, perfect. Is there something that's on your quilting bucket list? Well, my whole bucket list has changed because of Ride for a Woman. So now my bucket list is to go back again. You know, Ron and I were talking before we went on this on this trip about that. And, you know, and he said, so I think we'll probably want to go back again. And I said, you know, hey, we're getting old. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of places we want to go. I doubt if we'll go back. But I'm telling you, this trip was so compelling. I had such a hard time saying goodbye that we're going back someday. So that's it. If space or money weren't an issue, what would you change about your sewing room? Well, you know, actually, I wouldn't change anything. Um, I feel lucky that I have a really nice space. It's separate from the rest of the house. I have great natural light and a view of the mountains and an outdoor entrance. So I really, I don't need anything else. I'm quite pleased with it. And I'm sure after seeing how those women in Africa are sewing, it seems like quite a luxury to have such a fantastic oh, space. Yes. Oh, yeah. I got walls with, you know, big design walls. I got quilts hanging places. It's, yeah, great lighting, by the way. Is there a skill that you would like to learn or improve upon? Well, back to Ride for a Woman. Um, marketing. I don't know squat about marketing, really. Um, for all my quilt stuff, I rely on... Uh, actually Lisa Rubel a lot and other folks, uh, Stephanie with Benertex, um, to, to do a lot of that marketing for me. And so now that I came home so committed to spread the word about Ride for a Woman, because I think, I mean, when do quilters have a chance to help other quilters like this? And it is really compelling once you know about it. But how do you get the word out? So that's the skill I need to develop quickly. <laughs> <laughs> What is something that you are proud of in your quilting or your, a career highlight? Um, yeah, actually, I'm, I'm really proud of having this development with Ride for a Woman. Um, but I have huge amount of satisfaction, and I'm so thrilled to be a, a fabric designer for Benertex. Um, it's just more uh, rewarding than I would have ever dreamed. And working with them is just tremendous. Um, and I just I love every bit of it. So but those two things, that's just great. 
What is it that you love most about quilting? Um, well, kind of, as I said before, that I like that I'm fortunate enough to be able to, to control the whole process. You know, how often can you design the fabric, design the pattern, actually make it, actually quilt it? And, you know, it's such an artistic expression uh, that I, I just love to be able to do that whole process. Do you have any pets that sew with you? Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> um, right. So we have two dogs, a 10-year-old German short hair pointer and a three-year-old yellow lab. And the yellow lab is very clingy to me, uh, very energetic. She, I can't, it's funny, you know, we have a loft also with Ron's office, but I can tip, she can be up there and I can tiptoe down the steps to go to my studio on carpet and she still hears me and comes charging down after me and wants to be there with me. So uh, that's really fun. And then uh, we hike twice a day up in the mountains. And, um, you know, if we ever feel like, oh, I don't know if we really want to do that this morning at seven before we have coffee, the dogs are on it, man, they are tuned in. So we go and they watching them run and leap and, you know, we're out in the mountains. So it's, it's very, very rewarding. We're quite lucky. Where can our listeners find you um, on your website or social media? Yeah, so Grizzly Gulch Gallery is the website. And uh, you can also find me on Facebook and Instagram when you Google uh, or search for Grizzly Gulch Gallery. Is there anything else you wanted to uh, leave our listeners with? Um, nothing else specific. I, I totally appreciate your interest in Ride for a Woman and your willingness to talk about it on the program. And again, I think quilters, well, I mean, I just think quilters are just really kind, thoughtful people as a generality. And it's really fun to be part of that. I mean, quilters are just tremendous. We get lots of emails from people and everybody's, everybody's happy, it seems like. Uh, and, you know, that's because, and, you know, and new quilters who've just started this, who get so hooked on it. It's just a fantastic hobby uh, for me, business. Um, and it's just quite rewarding. Yeah, we always say that quilters are the most generous people. It's people yeah. donate their, their time, their quilts, their money. And it's just so fabulous that people are just so giving in the quilting community. Oh, yeah, man, I, that's a really good point, because a number of quilts that people make, you know, I'm in a quilt group with, you know, eight other women. Uh, and, you know, we're all kind of my age ish. And, you know, they're just spending their whole retirement making quilts and donating, you know, to raise money or just to give to people who really need them and on and on and on. Right. And as a generality, people don't understand the expense that you go to, the time and effort you go to to make a quilt. And quilters don't care. They're still generous. And I think that's just really amazing. It really is. Well, thank you so much. It has been absolutely lovely chatting with you. I really appreciate your time today. And uh, thank you so much, Anne. Oh, you're welcome. I've loved it. And I just am really, really pleased to have the opportunity. That was so fun chatting with Anne. Check the show notes page for the links to where you can find her and follow along. Look for links to her new fabric collections, Xanadu hitting stores in November, and Luminescent Leaves, which will be showing two shops at this fall market, both from Benertex. Xanadu will be shipping soon, so ask for it at your local quilt shop. 
We'll also post some photos of the women and taught to quilt in Africa and link to the GoFundMe page if you'd like to support this worthy cause. Anne and her husband generously cover all the fees, so 100% of your donation will go directly to Ride for a Woman. We'll be back with a new episode on trends we spotted while at Quilt Market soon. Until next time, may you win all your games of Bob and Chicken. all and thanks for listening keep in touch american patchwork and quilting is on facebook pinterest and instagram at all people quilt email us at apqpodcast at meredith.com resources for this week can be found at allpeoplequilt.com slash podcast and if you love the american patchwork and quilting podcast please subscribe on your favorite podcast app for free and don't forget to rate and review the show it helps other quilters find us Have a creative week.